Welcome to the Fargo Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Fargo on FX. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about the finale of Season 3, Episode 10, titled Somebody to Love. Uh, it's a, I would say, unconventional title for Fargo. Yeah. Fargo usually goes a little more meta, um, goes a little bit more uh, allegorical. The land of barren taints. <laughs> right, right. The land of benuded areola. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, it was uh, it was it was a zig. The last yeah. two, two titles have been a little. Bit, well, no, I guess the last title was kind of kind of oh, out there. But this enigmatic. is uh, somebody to love. Yeah. Um, Did you love this episode, Jim? You know, I like this episode. I thought it was good. You and I once again are on a fucking island, man, because nobody really? else likes this episode. Oh boy, it's fucking season two all over again, except we're on the other side of the divide. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, we could just never get it right. And I here's guess. the thing: I, I sometimes. I see in the forums there's like meta gaming. Like, is does this Aaron and Jim actually? Or are they trying to overcompensate for this? Or are they just trying to not do? I'm man, yeah. no. Like, I listen to season two, episode nine. I think if that's the penultimate episode, the UFO episode, to yeah. see me just like fucking lose my shit about this show, and yeah. and I don't get mad at the discussions because I feel like it's kind of it's always funny to see people discussing what's on my mind. <laughs> I'm okay. trying to figure out my real motivations. Oh, um, yeah. All I can do is give the information for you guys to play that game uh, to your heart's content and, and try to figure it out. Because, I, I mean, obviously, that's yeah. that's a fun game to play. Um, I, I think more than a little part of it is the synchronicity between Fargo and The Leftovers. Hmm. Okay. Like, it kind of delights me on a very base level that both of these seasons, which featured this female protagonist struggling with technology uh end up with asking the viewer nakedly whether you believe her version of reality or not sure. and yeah. whether you find the season satisfying kind of rest in that question yeah uh, there are a lot of parallels to draw from those and two shows i think it's it kind of blows my mind that like it's it's kind of freaky when mr robot and the leftovers have the pixies where is my mind as a as a motif Mm -hmm. but this is on a whole other level yeah and i wonder like what it was like for carrie coon to look at these scripts and be like the fuck (laughs) yeah i've read interviews with her going huh that's interesting that they're doing the same thing in this show and she says it's completely coincidental oh yeah there's not like she went to the went to holly and said hey i'm doing this thing over in leftovers yeah it's really blow it and and he's sitting there just trying to figure out how to do the finale yeah um and i felt like that some of this episode for the very first time i felt like validated the things that they were trying to set up in the los angeles episode Mm, okay um and how a lot of the themes fully 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 developed and um I don't know. I really, really liked it. And the other thing is you got to also understand that ever since the what I felt like was a failure to appreciate last season, which is almost universally critically beloved and the fans like it, I felt that that was a personal failure, and I did a lot <laughs> to fix that. I, I watched all the other Cohen films I hadn't seen, and I was surprised at how many I hadn't seen to get a little bit more flavor for what – Noah Hawley might be trying to uh, uh, put down. I really, like you heard me several times this season, like really brace myself for some kind of ambiguous supernatural bullshit to happen. Yeah. And I felt like maybe, you know, you, 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 I, I, I train, I, I, it's like you, you run a marathon and you crap out at mile 19. So you train extra hard for the next year and you make it to the end. Like it could Mm -hmm. be just that. Like I, I consciously went in this season expecting something like this. 
and it didn't throw me. What huh. what are your what are your thoughts? Like, do you have any? Yeah. So I when I say you know I I, I like this episode. Um, I thought it had some pretty good moments in it, and uh, I'm not sure exactly how I sit on the series as a whole, but I think this season I, I was reading the um, the AV Club review, I guess, of this episode mm-hmm. by Zach Hanlon. And he is much smarter, much more intelligent, and much better well-read um, than I am. But I, I don't completely agree with everything he says. But, like, in general, I just didn't find myself connecting with the characters and the plot this season as much as I had hoped I would. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't think this is my favorite season, um, probably by a fair margin. But I did really like this final episode. I thought I thought... I, I guess I respect what it was trying to do, but that just doesn't hook me. That doesn't entertain me. Okay. It's not why I watch TV. Yeah, that's fair. I, um, I actually think it is my favorite season. Okay. Uh, because while every season has had a kind of a head-scratcher moment, I think this biggest head-scratcher was the L.A. episode. That's true. Um, yeah. And season one had the kind of unattached supermarket king that ultimately led up to a fishnado that I've you know <laughs> said that I, I it kind of left me cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of bringing that in, like, boy, you know, the other thing is like if they if they ever really explain this the 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 what they were trying to get at the Los Angeles episode, if it's just like a model, like you know, just to kind of hammer home the point of Gloria being a useless machine. Uh, but I felt like they did, like the, yeah. the what they were doing with the wandering Jew character and the particular mission that he was giving Gloria, the things he said to her that, you know, how the, that like truth is very subjective and that things can like like the facts don't matter as much as the perception and what you believe in and how mm. that was a weapon that Varga has been using throughout this whole season. And she kind of used it against him mm. like that to me the final scene is all about gloria saying i don't care that you didn't kill those six people that it was some other gunman and you were set up i'm going to tell that story and i have a bunch of facts that 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 point to that and you're going to do time for the henchmen that were murdered by this other dude yeah and i don't give a shit that it's not true because that's you're sure as shit guilty of something <laughs> <laughs> okay and I kind of, huh. I, I read that's that's how I took it. Like, and that's why when he tried to throw back, oh no, here's what's really going to happen. She just sat back and smiled. And why I think that six agents or three agents from the Department of Homeland Security are going to come and take him away, not the man who hmm. she can't afford to ignore or she can't say no to. Um, Interesting. I have the opposite opinion on that final scene. You think that he is going to get out? Yeah, I think she's a little rattled by the fact that he could very well walk out of this room and what i think at the per- end he what he does what part of her performance because uh, there's I, something I think... on her face i read as you know almost a put on confidence huh because i i got that she was genuinely rattled but then like i i mean this we're just we're just essentially interpreting uh, yeah yeah her a, face. performance but uh-huh. i got that like she recalled the what uh what's his name ray uh, the wandering Jew, I forget the guy's name. Oh, he recalled um, his words to him, and 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 she's like, "Nope, you're not, you're not going to do it because all all of the fake ass facts fit." Hmm. And also, this was, but she has she has facts. I th- I think she has real facts, right? And it's not that, but she's completely perverted. I mean, sh- the fact that those facts don't tell the story that actually happened. 
And it's also a nice what, inversion what do you mean? of the what East do you mean German officer's interrogation of the innocent man. Uh-huh. Uh, like, like, in fact, so, so what she's trying to convict him of is murdering six people. We, uh-huh. Those a six people are his henchmen. Conspiracy to commit murder. No, what? no. Who's, what six people are he talking about? I thought she was talking about four people, the four people who were murdered, the Stussies. No, I, that's what he thought she was talking about, but she made it clear, I thought, oh, at the very I missed, end that, I she, must have missed the that, that she, she was talking about the warehouse slaughter, huh, okay. where he is absolutely there, yeah. and he, you know, the, the, and, and I forget exactly the, the, the point for point, because I'd have to have the dialogue in front of me, but I got the clear impression that she was going to try and convict him for those murders that he did not actually commit. Now, okay. obviously, he's responsible for that carnage, right? Um, but that's 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 the story that she's going to tell. That she has the facts that she's going to hammer to fit, just like Mo did, you know. And just, mm-hmm. you know, he took these yeah. facts that were bullshit that VM Varga planted. She's going to take the same thing and 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 string him up with it. That's that's how I thought. Wow, that's that why. really distorts her as a character, though. I d- because yeah. I think in that moment she's supposed to represent this purity, this kind of like. Oh, uh, I don't uh, think so this, at all. This. It, oh, I think she's totally supposed to represent but, but this about, ideal that good can triumph over evil. It can, but you have to beat. Maybe you have to play evil's game. <laughs> hmm. Because think about like all the conversation she had with her son about I, sometimes I, I would world, argue if you're playing their game, they win. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that is a that is a that's a fair point, and honestly, that's something I struggle with. Yeah, I yeah. don't. I, I do too because I really struggle with idealism versus practicality. Yeah. Like you know, when you look at some of the terrible things the Allies did in World War II, mm-hmm. it's very easy to be like, "Oh, everyone's shitty," and blah blah blah. But it's, on the other hand, you know, Hitler, uh, right? <laughs> concentration camps, like yeah, yeah it's like, and, and I don't have the answer to that. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't want to shrug it and just say, oh, you know, sometimes you need rough men to stand on the wall and keep the bad guys, the bad guys out. Like, but I think part that some of that is a little bit true. And I feel like Gloria saying Gloria is not the hero Glo- we deserve. Well, She's see, the hero we need. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. in a perfect world, Mo Damick would allow her to fucking investigate this thing properly. Like, I think she yeah. also knows for a fact that this guy is guilty of these other things. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and in, in lieu of trying to take him down through some kind of financial model, she's just going to take these facts that she can spin into some kind of story about him massacring these people in Minnesota and just be done with him. So, so do you take that piece completely off the board? So, I guess you think there's a the outcome is positive for the future for society of, of humanity and society. Because I think this, this other thing is like, we've talked about how this, this season is very much of our current reality and not just yeah. what I'm saying politically about the election and the fact that we've got this weird thing about fake news and, you know, investigations that, you know, and, and, and all this stuff. I'm also talking about like a, a worldview that I agree with where we take crimes of corruption and financial malfeasance, mm-hmm. and we treat them like they're fucking traffic violations. Did you? Yeah, I mean, you read the text when they do the five years later jump, and you go, "How did Emmett not go to prison for the rest of his life? Yeah, for this. Yeah, he got a misdemeanor tax fraud." And and even the IRS agent said the only reason what they did was illegal at all, other than this, the yeah, many bodies I mean, they dropped, was that they just didn't pay their taxes. Yeah, no, that that's like, insane. I mean, that's that's. W- 
and like Gloria says, she's it. like, oh yeah, these guys bought this company and used its good name to take out a whole bunch of loans that they just lined their pockets with, and then they left. And she's like, and that's illegal. He's like, oh well, no, not technically, no. And I'm like, yeah. shouldn't it be? Well, like, they, sh- they shrug off the question of morality. And, how and many say, hundreds of employees in Stussy rules. Lots Limited yeah. had their pensions destroyed, their health insurance plans yeah. destroyed? Uh, you know, their economic, you know, the, the lost their houses because these guys decided they needed to be more rich. But this is no, that was one of the most terrifying lines in this whole finale for me is, is that idea that, you know, even if the government isn't in direct cahoots with, uh, Varga, though we know they are Mm -hmm. at, to some level, some element of it is, Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're essentially cool with whatever goes on, and they're willing to ignore the immorality of it as long as they get their cut, right? And that's fucked. <laughs> yeah, no, and I and I like I said, I um I'm obviously I I I'm not a communist. I'm not a person that doesn't believe in free market capitalism. But on the other hand, that is really fucked up, profoundly fucked up. The fact yeah. that you know bankers and businessmen can destroy trillions of dollars of wealth and prosperity for middle and lower class people and face zero con- effective consequences yeah which i but, mean that's kind of some, the reason i some, think varga some, walks out of some that room. fucking single mother cannot pay her traffic ticket and get thrown in jail because she can't afford to fine like what yeah. what the fuck now this is why i think he walks out of that room because that's i mean as much as this is a commentary on current society i think that's how our current society works Except for as evidenced by everyday news. Except for you got Gloria playing the as you said, like the Batman role that she's right. going to she's not gonna she's going to go next level on his game. But and, I think she gets trumped. I she doesn't have the connections. <laughs> she doesn't have the power. Mm. Is there a Trump in Bridge? Is that why you're laughing? No, I was just thinking of like, you know, President Trump. She got trumped. Oh well, not in that way, no. <laughs> um Yeah, I so I, I feel like that that's the thing and and you know, it's also kind of amusing when I go to Fargate V and I go to our forums, I look at our mailbag, and everyone's arguing about whether the plot makes sense and whether Gloria can have popsicles in a squad car that won't melt in the oh, spring Jesus. of Minnesota. Like, there's a couple big think pieces that are talking about this kind of stuff, but like to me, I think this is a really great American Gothic morality play um, that a lot of people are kind of missing a point. And maybe maybe it could have been more artfully done. Maybe Noah Hawley could have spent a couple more months at the keyboard to to make it a little bit tighter. But mm-hmm. I really I really like it. And I, I read a piece that kind of really brought the Gloria thing into sharp relief about how um, there's someone wrote, I think it was a Vox article about her being the Schrodinger sheriff, where that um, the, the the idea that in science, sometime observing an experiment, especially when you're talking about quantum ex- states, that mm-hmm. you can you can know like a, a, an electrons, for example, speed, or you can know its exact position, mm-hmm. um, and by measuring that, it can make the other value change. Yeah. Um, or you can't know the other one's precision. That the idea that Winnie acknowledged her as a as a person, as a human, and hugged her, it's like she opened up the box and the cat's alive. And now everything okay. works for her. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like there's a lot th- – this is a season where I suspect, I don't know, that this season is going to continue to rise in people's estimation, especially if this is, which seems entirely possible, is the last season of Fargo. Uh, not – well, it's possible, yeah. But from what I hear, 
Uh, Holly's talking about maybe three years down the line doing another one. Okay, but assuming that, the creatives there, and, for... and and I would get behind that because yeah. to me, like I said, this is I think my favorite season. It's the most mm. complete, and I think it's the the one with the most interesting things to say. And I could see this as people, you know, listen to podcasts and read these think pieces and and get multiple watches. That uh, and also, I mean, you know. We are kind of living out a lot of these situations in real time and in, in, in U.S. and world history, and um, I, you know, that's that's kind of scary. But I feel like this is one of the few stories that's actually trying to take this matter in a serious and even-handed way. Yeah, the funny thing is, the interviews I've read with Holly say that he kind of just landed in the middle of the zeitgeist. He didn't set out. He didn't say, "Okay, here's what's happening in America. Here's the political climate. Here's." Uh, the news climate, let's do a story about it. He essentially wrote something based on, you know, where his, his whimsy was at the time, and it turned out to, like, land smack dab in the middle of it. Huh, Which because, I, th- I think is surprising, given how closely it mirrors Right, and, and, and that, that really swims against the narrative of this season story, which is it was written very late in the process, and they were still finishing up as they started, and, and that he intentionally took elements of current society and our election cycle and uh and and put those into the show so he's essentially saying nah that's not true i I mean is that i don't know how it lines up because the selfie obsessed culture thing seems to have completely fallen by the way yes i I can see elements early in the season where i can see he was laying those tracks but those tracks went nowhere yeah and Um, i feel like he instead rejected it for this more interesting socio-political statement that he was trying to make i don't know i mean that's the the interview i read from somewhere i don't remember where it was and that's the thing like one like i don't really give a shit if you agree with me about like republicans versus democrats and 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 all that if you're a listener to the podcast but i hope we can all agree that these people that are raping and pillaging our societies and stealing money Mm -hmm. from the work like you know uh, us working stiffs have it hard enough Mm -hmm. Do we really want to make their punishments less? Do we really want to line their pockets more? Like, do we want to make their lives easier and expensive our lives? Right. Every time you sit down, like, like if you if you don't agree with me on that, then I don't even know what to say. Every time, just just think about it. You know, every time you sit down at a microphone after watching your favorite TV show uh-huh. to record your podcast about it as your job, uh-huh. just remember uh-huh. that there are fat cats out there. <laughs> Working, uh, making money off your hard work. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, yeah. Being no, very tongue in cheek. I, I, I get it. I get it. But I just like. I just. I'm always your, your amazed valid, that. Um, you know, we don't take it more seriously. We don't. Right? We yeah. really don't. Like, there's not a level of outrage commiserate to like. For example, the banking crisis is financial terrorism. Yeah, but. No one lost a shit. In fact, the the real of anger was that you know the government was interested in bailing some of these people out, which I understand that. But on the other hand, the one way to look at that is like that's a way to defuse it without doing more damage. But no <laughs> one treats that like a nine eleven, right? You know, but that's kind of what it is. Like it cost a shit ton of money and it destroyed a lot of people's economic lives. And and mm-hmm. who are the people that did serious jail time? I don't know. It was like one. Yeah. yeah, and I doubt that he was the architect of the whole fucking thing either. Yeah, so I, that's why I like the season, um, and I do feel like that. And I haven't even gone through for a second watch of this season, but I do feel like I finally get what they were trying to do with Gloria. I feel like that the 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 use of Carrie Coon was justified, hmm. and but I'm a, I do realize I'm a very minority opinion on all that. 
um, most of the people that sent in feedback and are on the forums did not like uh, the finale and, and it seems a little lukewarm on the season as a whole. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'm lukewarm on the season, but not because it didn't execute on a concept that it had uh, and execute well, but because that kind of thing just doesn't strike the chord with me. It does with, I think, um, a little more you know engaged viewers, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed this final episode. I thought there was a lot of tension um, going into the, the final act here between like yeah. what is what is going to happen with Nikki, what is going to happen with Varga, um, is Gloria going to catch the crook? And it's not perfect. I think there's a lot more ambiguity yeah. in just even the plot than I like, and we'll talk about that. But um, okay. I did. I mean, like my biggest complaint is it seems like the biggest, most awesome things in Fargo happen off screen. Like okay. Lord Malvo just wrecking ball through that high rise business was all shot, you know, instead of actually showing the action, they just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you've seen Fargo up season one. Yep. This, like, they got me so pumped to see uh, Varga. Like, the, like, let's go ahead and talk about, it. let's, let's, let's shift into talking about the, the episode in a structured way. All right, before we go much further, I just want to talk about what's going on here at baldmove.com. Uh, first, if you haven't already, please take the survey, fargo.baldmove.com. It's, it doesn't take very much of your time. It's completely anonymous, and it'll help us uh, steer Bald Move in a good direction going forward. Um, and also, I, I've given out multiple links over all the different shows we've done. You only have to take it once. Just pick a show. It doesn't really matter. Like we're, we're tracking it for different various reasons um, to see like if there's any difference between the different audiences. But if you've already taken it once, you don't have to take it like for every show you watch. Um, we just released a, a new commission podcast yesterday for Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. Uh, thanks to Tyler Shumway for that. If you have a fondness for Joss Whedon, or internet musicals, uh, or Neil Patrick Harris, or Felicia Day, or who's the other guy? Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Fillion. Uh, you might want to check that out and check out our commission. Uh, Cecily and I uh, wrapped up uh, Handmaid's Tale last week on Bald Move Television. Or actually, as early this week we did. Uh, we also talked about American Gods and House of Cards thus far in the season. Next week we'll be wrapping up American Gods because we've, we've got the finale in our belt. And we also finished House of Cards. So that's coming out on Bald Move TV. Uh, also, Jim and I are going to f- uh, finish out this week by doing the final Who Won the Week uh, between Fargo and Better Call Saul. Uh, we also released for the club members Bad Guy Javi, the latest installment of the uh, Walking Dead Telltale video game playthrough we did. And next week, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night, depending on when it is released in our area, we'll have a first-run bald movie review of Baby Driver which I am super excited. It's a lot of bald move favorites in there. You got uh, Don Draper, John Hamm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got uh, you, you got uh, Frank Underwood. The guy from The Walking Dead, Shane. Shane. You yep. got uh, John Bernthal. You, it's it's directed by uh, the fucking Wright guy that I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Rob Reiner. Rob, Rob Re- Wright Reiner. Robin Wright. Yep. Robin Wright's directing that thing. Uh, she also did Shaun the Dead. Pretty prolific. Hot yeah. fuzz. It's Edgar Wright. Edgar people, Wright. People are Thank probably going to scream at us if we don't actually say it. Edgar Wright. That's what's going on at baldmove.com. Uh, check it out. There we go. The biggest set piece was the self-storage massacre. And everything about that, from the guys pulling up in their SUVs with their guns drawn and the, the kid playing the, the drum part on the bucket and the little kid beckoning into the... The, the lion's den and the tension that was slowly brought up. And, in fact, you start hearing wrenches theme play as they're going up the elevator. Yeah. And they're trying to be all tactical about it. Um, 
I thought that was awesome. And you also, by showing Nikki and Wrench, like, preparing and laying out all these guns, and she knows sign language now, and that, like, seems like such a great partnership, like, that, I was really primed and kind of bummed that the payoff was Varga essentially Obi-Wan kenobi out of the elevator, uh-huh. and Mr. Wrench coming in soaked in blood uh-huh. with the, the money, and, like, I kind of wanted to see fucking Mimo <laughs> and all those guys get taken down. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was interesting because early on in my notes, I have Mimo is not dead. Uh-huh. Later in my notes, I have Mimo is definitely dead. Definitely dead, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like I, I kind of wish that there was um, a shootout and action scene commiserate with flipping the bus and the hunt through the woods. Mm, yeah. Um, but how much budget do you have for multiple ones of those? Like flipping that bus must have cost a lot of money. Probably, yeah. And uh, staging that shootout in the woods was really super cool. So, may- I mean, I like I said, as a fan, I wanted to see that, but clearly didn't have the time and inclination to, to engage me. Yeah, I mean, everything in that scene leading up, it, it felt really tense. You know, I'm not rooting for Varga to live. I'm just kind of, like, waiting for the hammer to drop, you know, and, and on him. Varga, when he backs up into the elevator after he gets the bogus message that the IRS has to drive, like, his yeah. face, like, where he's scared for the first time I've ever seen him this season. Yeah, and he leaves all his, his even his most loyal henchmen to die. Yeah. Uh, so clearly protecting his own interests there. Um, super cool. Yeah, uh, but again, wasn't wasn't a, a, the, the full scene I wanted. Um, I read that this um, this numbers wrench drum theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, somebody on Reddit mentioned that uh, it's played at half speed of mm. the original one because only half of the numbers and wrench duo are there. Oh, that's interesting. Which I thought was pretty cool. And I went and I checked, and it definitely was half speed. It's more because I to me this is like I get like uh, that's 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 gets me gets me hyped so like (laughs) i can't even imagine what the full speed version would be like go back to season one and check it out (laughs) i will have to do that um i don't know yeah because it's been so long since i've seen season one it would be Mm -hmm. probably worth my time to do that oh i've only had the time um my my half-baked bullshit ad hoc theory that i expressed last episode about um goldfarb potentially being in business with varga in the the spoiler section that we Mm -hmm. had turned out to be totally accurate you know this is like a pump and uh, pump and dump but Mm -hmm. not like not the way it's supposed to work sort of thing right uh bleed out as as the irs guy calls it yeah and i don't know that all those dots were fully connected but i don't know that it have to be yeah they were they were pretty loosely connected i mean the whole narwhal thing is supposed to be kind of shadowy and mysterious and poorly understood yeah um and i it, i guess it's too bad that we didn't get to see more goldfarb she essentially shows up as uh, a more tightly buttoned down president Rosalind at the end to explain stussy uh to stussy what he needs to do and and how he needs to escape this um yeah um that that fire door leads to another why fire do you think that he nice. bought I, so there's a couple things i don't quite understand um who put the stamp on emmett's head and what were they going for with that? Uh, I imagine it's probably Nikki, yeah? Well, here's the thing. When Nikki... Nikki was on the... I, my understanding was Nikki was on the phone with Varga in the beginning of the scene where Stussy pulls the gun on him. Mm-hmm. Which means she was in the hotel room with uh, with, with Wrench. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I buy that she can go to Emmett's house and put the stamp on his forehead and then beat Varga to the warehouse slash storage facility to set up this elaborate trap? Does she have that time? 
I don't know. I'm not sure she even beats him there, honestly, because she comes from the outside after everybody's gone in, right? I guess that's true. Wrench so could she have has like another there. 10 minutes or so. Wrench could have gone a little earlier and she could have bought, made the phone call outside of Stussy's house. Or It I'm, could work out. I'm not saying you're wrong. But yeah, no, there's a couple of things work. where things were a little loosey-goosey and I didn't. Yeah. And, it, it, and also, like, I was like, what are they trying? Because... I mean, it nobody else is too fucking wi- with him. No, nah, it seems too whimsical. Like, like, there's no way Mimo or Varga no. would do that. No. Um, I, I, so I think you're right. It's also Nikki. she was the one taunting him with the oh yeah, you know the the pictures in the office, right? Yeah, yeah, All yeah, the yeah. stamp pictures. No, I, I I agree. I think it's Nikki. I just the timeline doesn't quite fit for me. Um, yeah. But I'm not I'm not going to go down that route because I think it it could work. It's just we're not we don't have enough information to say one way or another. I, I do like how. Uh, someone on Reddit pointed this out as well, how the stamp has, you know, Sisyphus on it pushing the boulder, and it lands right. in a driveway essentially full, full of, of boulders. Yeah, yeah stamp-sized yeah. boulders. Yeah, that was cool. Which is really neat. I also thought there might be, because there's a lot of biblical, specifically Jewish themes, and I remember yeah. there's a scripture in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah, where the Lord sends um, in a vision a man into the city to mark everyone with on with a forehead and then i thought the story was he was marking everyone that deserves death with a with a mark on their forehead and then he sends in a team of assassins to kill everyone the mark but it's actually the reverse and i'm ah. like oh so when i was watching i'm like oh this is actually kind of cool that they're doing a little bit more divine judgment and this this fits in with the ray wise wandering jew character but i think it's just like you said nikki fucking with them and not any kind of fulfillment of larger biblical prophecy yeah uh, do you so uh, what oh, what do I want to talk about next? Do you think that Nikki, when she she confronts Emmett, do you think she misunderstood her divine mission from God? Totally. Yeah. It's we, I, it, she fails too. She completely fails on every level. Yeah. Like she has not only fails to kill Emmett, but Emmett isn't even the guy. But it's almost like the the second that she chose to go after her brother rather than Varga, that like God withdrew His protection from her because uh-huh. everything worked out for her up into that beyond all, and now suddenly she fails and does something catastrophically stupid. Like I, another like I don't, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was not good. I didn't like it just personally when Nikki shot that cop because mm-hmm. you know say what you will. That cop had didn't have that coming to him. Like no, he was just no. dude trying, you know, stop, make sure everything was fine. It set off his alarm bells, and she just shot him for no damn good reason. Mm-hmm. It's for a completely innocent person. Yep. Um, and you know, maybe she needed to die because while we liked her, she was also a murderer. She killed Maurice mm-hmm. to cover up Ray's bullshit for no real good reason either. She did, yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting that she goes to say these words. That, that Ray Weiss, his character, yeah. gave her to say on her mission before she accomplishes it, and she can't say them, right? She she's, either doesn't remember com- them she's or she's unable to say them. them up in this moment. Or, right, yeah. because Emmett's not the guy. Like, almost like this was doomed before she even got to the location. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so weird, though, because, again, not to belabor the point, but that whole Obadiah prophecy is about Emmett's archetype. It is about the, the judgment against the brother Esau. Hmm. Yeah. Um, although the other point about Ray and Emmett as their positions were reversed in, in the Jacob and Esau story, the younger Wiley brother stole the birthright from the older brother <laughs> uh, who lightly esteemed it. And this was a complete reverse of that. So, but yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little bummed out that that metaphor didn't track all the way through. And maybe maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe that's intentionally Noah Hawley did that to kind of throw us off the track. But I, that that l- rang a little false to me. I do think 
the the conclusion for her character feels very Fargo. Mm-hmm. Like this ridiculous turn of events. Like Emmett ducks underneath the, the bullets of, and they yeah. both shoot each other at the same time. Feels so Fargo. So I thought that was appropriate. Another thing I saw, and I this I see this happen all the time. Ha- I even aware of this happening with myself, where once I disconnect from a story, once they've broken my suspension of disbelief, suddenly you just start bitching about popsicles in the back of squad cars. Yeah. Um but or- I saw a lot of people saying how did Emmett's car break down and then he drive it away instantly? Toward to me, it's so obvious that Nikki has gotten some kind of disruptor or she's hacked his car's computer or some. Oh, or, really? or, 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 I was or, thinking she just like punched a hole in his radiator. Oh. He overheated. He got out there. Like she was following him. He overheats. He stops and then it cools down. Oh, okay. And he's able to drive off again. I don't know how far he would do yeah, with yeah. the radiator. But like, you you know, you can get those aftermarket chips and like, I, I, I guess it. You know, it, it wasn't too much of a stretch for me sure. to figure out that so she had some way to temporarily disable his car at a place of her choosing. And then once, you know, like yeah. I, I, he could just the car is fine if he started up and drove it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people had a huge problem with that. I wanted to know if you had. Apparently not. No, I mean, I had thought about it, but ultimately I don't care. Yeah. And it's like I was also trying to think, like, you know, what, what if Nikki had thrown the gun into the ditch while the cop was pulling around? Or what if he did – what if she did this? But ultimately it didn't matter because Emmett wasn't going to play it cool. No. Uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't have a problem with that. Um, did you have a problem – the the one thing I think is a, a, a criticism where I, I agree with the majority of the people that are making it is it's not immediately obvious why Mr. Wrench would wait five years to kill Emmett. I have yeah. not a single problem because I, I I I intuited that him and Nikki had gotten close and that Wrench had probably really missed having a partner that he could trust and cared about him like numbers. Sure. And that he would probably like to keep this partnership going for a long time. Uh, I'm not sure why she decided to not use Wrench anymore when she was going to go kill Emmett. Um, but it it makes sense to me that, that that Wrench would track Emmett down to see that business done once he saw that she had failed. Yeah, I think um, giving number or giving Wrench the uh, the money was kind of their parting of ways. You know, right. he's got the thing he wants now; she's going to go after the thing she wants. Right. Um, and then, yeah, well, I mean, once he finds out that she's dead and her last wishes essentially have not been honored, I think he takes it upon himself. But the five year flash forward that seems like yeah, it's a that long time. seems like a self inflicted gunshot by Holly. Yeah. Like 12 months later would have told the same story, right? It would have given Gloria enough time to I, although I don't know that you'd believe that she'd be established enough in the Department of Homeland Security to yeah. be kind of a, you know, mm-hmm. pardon the gender bending idiom, but a big swinging dick in the, enough that she would be called up, you know, right. to when when this guy tripped the some kind of intelligence wire from his flight from was it Belgium, Brussels, Brussels? Uh I that's a good question. Uh, but yeah, I thought the, the I don't know why Wrench would wait five years. Yeah, that seems an excessively long time to to wait in the weeds for Emmett to get fat and happy and then come and blast him at some Thanksgiving. Right, if he kills him on his deathbed, it's not yeah. very effective. Yeah, right. <laughs> Forty three years later, <laughs> what? Um, what? And also, poor Cy. Oh God, he got it the worst. And his joke that he makes is just. I mean, that's the final nail. You know, I, man, so I got a bad rap or yeah, got a bad whole, deal. The whole, how are you doing there? And yeah. I just thought he was just going to be a vegetable, but then good like, as after, new, good uh, as new after 10 like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. Yeah. That's almost worse than being a vegetable. Yeah. I don't, mm, 
poor Cy. Yeah. He didn't really deserve any of it. Yeah. I was just thinking, I, I think it was a, a conversation I had with my son that got me thinking about it, but like kind of, I know how impatient I am and how it's one of my passionate things to be understood by people and to communicate with people and to be dealt like a Roger Ebert hand where you can no, no longer yeah. speak, but you still have the mind and all that. And I got, you know, he had the outlet of the blog and other thing, but like, my God, or like Stephen Hawking, where he can compose like three or four words a minute. Like, Jesus Christ, if you weren't a patient person, you'd have to be real quick or you'd, you'd kill yourself. Yeah. Poor Cy. Yep, I feel bad for him. He wasn't a completely innocent guy because it turns out, although I think with the information that he was fed by Emmett, he probably had a good reason to hate Ray. So, mm-hmm. like, I guess he maybe with the knowledge he had was as innocent a character as we've ever seen on on Fargo. Sure, I buy that. Other than you know, like a Molly or somebody. Yeah, that's true. She's pretty. She. Well, I mean, yeah. If you if you if you take out the cops of the yeah uh, Fargo universe, especially the the hero cops, because there's mm-hmm. there's there's your fair share of uh, Bob Odenkirks and and uh, Shea Wiggins in the world. That <laughs> I wouldn't say they're guilty. But I have a hard time saying they're innocent, too. They're just too stupid. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is tragic the way it goes out. You know, he he had come to uh, a better place. He was happy. He sort of atoned for whatever small sins he had committed. Mm-hmm. And fate sort of mistakenly comes for him, you know? I mean, Nikki was uh, was barking up the wrong tree. Certainly, right. Wrench was. Uh, what do you think about Emmett grabbing Nemo's gun? And that whole stand Well, it's stupid, for one. It's what stu- does he think he's going to do here? <laughs> Not but, only that, but I felt like I don't understand why he so easily lost track of Mimo. Yeah. Like, I yeah. wish he had killed one of them or t- something. Yeah, Emmett always gets bamboozled by the words of Varga. Right. You know, he always gets caught up in what he's saying and tries to make some sense of it when it clearly doesn't make any real sense. Like, he's got this gun with the finger. No, he doesn't. You're right. Get get over yourself, Varga. Yeah, uh, there's someone I can't remember if it's on our forums or Reddit that was saying that like that technology doesn't even exist yet, and it's something right. so, like I, yeah, I think that's that's the point that yeah. Varga was bluffing. He was to allow Mimo to get the upper hand, and then and Emmett's stupid enough to buy into it, yeah. right? And also, I mean, if you want to get completely nitpicky, uh, you know, Archer has ruined a lot of things. Where if you get hit in the head with a fucking poker that knocks you out for more than a second, uh-huh. you've got some real neurological damage. You're not just going to yeah. wake up an hour later with a stamp on your head and rub your neck and get in a car. Yeah. You're going to be needing hospitalization. But that's 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 universal <laughs> in, in every show. You have to believe that people can be knocked out for, for a usable amount of time and then recover no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the touch that he blinded him with his breath spray. <laughs> he does, yeah. That was pretty cool. It was. Why would the powers be? Why would the narwhals? Why would the goldfarbs and vargas of the world? Why would they see to it that Emmett has twenty million dollars at the end of all this? Yeah, that's a fair question. Um, to make it look like he was more guilty than he was, to give them someone to slap with two years of probation. I suppose so, but clearly they were also taking money, and it was just as obvious. So, or, or they weren't. I mean, right. you know, Goldfarb has the company, the assets, I guess. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's just obvious that Varga was taking money. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's to give him just enough satisfaction with the deal that he doesn't turn on them sooner. Yeah. Uh, another minor criticism I have of this uh, 
episode or this, I guess, finale is I felt like I wanted more information about how everyone was doing. Like, I thought that it was weird that we completely dismissed with the Winnie character. Mm-hmm. Like, she hugged Gloria, and that's, that's, he, she served her purpose. And we, she only needed to show up at the massacre to comment that it was carnage. Yeah. Uh, I wish we'd seen something about that, or I wish we'd gotten a better idea. I guess the whole thing about her taking her son out for her birthday to a state farm and enjoying small life Americana is supposed to be to stand in for Gloria is just completely fine. Mm-hmm. She's not torn up about her husband running off with another man she's she's you know she's she shepherded her her son through being a boy to being a man and everything's fine but i felt like i needed a little bit a little bit more hmm yeah i mean the the trouble here is if you give me too much more then i feel like why the fuck did you wait until the final episode to give me more about gloria because you just care about gloria yeah gloria was a almost a non-entity for me (laughs) throughout most of this you know Mm -hmm. She she was there to be a thorn in the side of some of the villains some of the time, but yeah. nothing more. So it would have almost felt, you know, like they were trying to make up for lost time, yeah. essentially. The other thing I, I appreciated about this, I guess, this season um, that I gleaned from reading Alan Seppenwall's uh, review is he pointed out that this is – and this is true of all three seasons – that in early going, everything is big and this music is poppy and it's pop, you know it's 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 thematic soundtrack that evokes stuff and it's in popular American culture and it's 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 that kind of thing where you've got like fifteen different soundtracks you're referencing and as the seasons go on, they phase that out in favor for the very gothic Fargo uh, cinematic orchestra music. Mm-hmm. And I've never been aware of that phenomenon, but I now that I am, I kind of appreciate it because it's like Fargo doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's more like cool and self-referential. And then when it gets like really kind of biblical and, and old school justice kind of sense, it, it lets the Fargo theme come in and kind of like just envelop you in this this big hmm. epic uh, music soundtrack from the movie. Yeah, I like that because you do always have kind of the beginning of the se- the seasons where it's set up right and it's supposed to be more fun and yeah. more comedy. You got and Peter and the Wolf and you got some jazzy bridge music yeah. and yeah. all that kind of, and some Christmas classics, but then at the end it's just old school Fargo soundtrack. Huh. Um, I like that a lot. Another thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, we talked about uh, Ewan McGregor. I thought he did another really excellent performance when he – eventually just stopped trying to weasel out of it mm-hmm. and kind of accepted his faith. And she says, can you go lower his speech about, you know, I was said yesterday sitting in an interrogation room, going to jail for life, or maybe the electric chair that I was pretty low. And then look here him tomorrow. And sure enough, I'm, I'm lower still. Yeah. I thought that whole thing and her talking about Ray being a kitten and how non sequitur that must've been. I, I'm really impressed with Ewan McGregor's work this season. It took mm-hmm. a while for me because at first I was just kind of impressed with the trickery. But, like, the last two or three episodes, I think he has done some damn fine work. Yeah, for sure. Ever what, since he got into that interrogation room. I know we love to talk about Emmy shit on this podcast, but do uh, you think that – I think he's got a couple big things going. The Emmys love, love Hollywood stars, even though that's becoming, a, a very, like, just the, the kind of the way the world works. Right. Uh, coming down to the small screen, they they kind of love that. They love um, they love shit that's just self evident and obvious. Like, oh, a guy who's playing his own brother. 
Right. And he's playing off himself and all oh, that. Oh, and like, he's doing an accent? Fucking and, and give it to him. Yes, right. He's an Englishman <laughs> doing a, a particular quirky yeah. American accent? Give him all the Emmys. <laughs> and also, you know, the other thing about the Emmy is you, you just get to submit a single episode. Right. And I feel like they submit the, the last, the, the penultimate episode where he's got that really long monologue. Um, I don't know. I feel like that he could make a lot of noise in the Emmy department. Now, if they submit that episode... That you you don't get any of the him playing Ray, but I think that's, that's his that's his yeah. single best performance this season. Oh, I agree. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. He's up against some stiff competition, but you're right; he does have the movie star thing going. Even for him. within this show, because the other thing is um, uh, Varga. Yeah, David Thewlis, man, uh, is can we say with certainty that he's the best Fargo villain? I mean, Billy Bob was I, I really think good. So. But I, I think so too. I, I don't. I don't know that Billy Bob had like his character Malvo had the layers that this right. guy does because I almost felt like Lauren Malvo never showed fear, like not, even not, to the very end and, and when was, he's wounded and dying, and like, was also playful. He was yeah. like you wouldn't want him to be playing with you, but yeah. he was like you know the whole aces stick and yep. like he he was he was fun. Varga was not fun. No, he's scary. Um, he's at times vile, fearful. Um. Yeah, very vile. <laughs> Good lord. I mean that mouth. Jesus yeah. Christ, that mouth. Yeah, I had. I almost wish like, and this would be extraordinarily disgusting. But I wish they had had instead of him spray like this breath spray into Emmett's face, he just vomits, vomits oh, all projectile over him. Vomits right? into him? I kind of half expected it given what we've seen this season of of Varga. Oh man, that would have been crazy, <laughs> disgusting, and oh. It'd be it also make him more bestial. Like he's got like, like a fucking attack. On command, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's that frilled lizard taking down uh Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Uh in in the Jeep in Jurassic Park. Yep. Again, I I I feel like uh we got the whole thing as we already talked about the the last scene. You think so you think after all we talked about, you think that the the powerful man she can't say no to is going to bail him out. I think so, unfortunately. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, there you go. It's like, uh, who do you believe? Do you believe Carrie Coon or do you believe uh, David Thewlis? I feel like if you believe yeah. David Thewlis, it's a pretty bleak, oh yeah, bleak season. If you believe, although, as you say, if you believe uh, uh, Gloria, then you kind of have to think that the only way the good guys can win is by sinking to the level of the bad guys or using their own hmm. weapons against them. Yeah. Um. I mean, the problem is that even a win? Yeah. Know? And the problem with that is if you use their own weapons against them how do you trust someone to put that weapon away and never use it again? Right. Like, Oh, yeah. well, only, I mean, that's the thing. Like if you listen to Dan Carlin's stuff, it's like, that's the story of like, Oh, we'll just use this thing. And it's only going to be for this one use. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, turns out that like, if you got a hammer, it's, it's, it's really good for doing a, it, it's not just for taking out mobsters, you know, it's, it can be used for so many other things. And if you got this, thing that allows you to spy on terrorist emails well shoot it can be used domestically too and help solve it's it's a pandora's box mm-hmm. um so I, I again it's it's uh it's a complicated complicated finale that I have mixed feelings about um except for i do i do really like it for that complexity sure yeah all right then we're gonna just, uh, buckle buckle down and do this here uh podcast ad oh <laughs> oh you betcha uh that's terrible minnesota accent yeah. uh and uh, shame on you for funding it by going to call uh, club.baldmove.com <laughs> but but real talk 
Uh, I know a lot of people didn't like this season. Uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you did enjoy our coverage of it. And you should know that the only reason this podcast exists is because people generously support us at club.baldmove.com because if we had to keep up with their day jobs, maybe we'd get to one of the podcasts we've done this uh, uh, this, this busy season, but there's no damn way we'd gotten to all three, and Fargo is probably the low man on the totem pole. So if you enjoyed our coverage and you think that uh, Bald Move adds value, uh, check out club.baldmove.com because it's not just – the satisfaction of knowing you're keeping something that you and uh, that you like and you enjoy listening to afloat. You also get a lot of uh, special features, ad-free feeds. Um, uh, we, we have a general discussion podcast weekly called Lunch with Jim and Aaron. Uh, we got quips where we do extra uh, bonus content and pitch fake TV shows to each other. Uh, there's video versions of podcasts. You can watch us record it, and it's the fastest way you can get the podcast if you're just a complete podcast junkie. Lots of Lots of bonus features available for you at club.baldmove.com, and we appreciate any support you can throw our way. All right, should we get to feedback? Let's do it. Um, it's If you really like the season, there's not a lot for you here, I'm, 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 I'm sad to say. There's a lot, oh, a lot of negative takes. So it's the exact inverse of last season's mailbag. <laughs> uh, Fargo at baldmove.com. We are going to be doing a wrap-up next week, yeah? Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how long, it'll since, since everybody's kind of crapping on the finale, I'm not sure how many people are going to have more stuff to say. I kind of want to gauge the community's feelings about how much more Fargo we want. Okay. Because yeah. you and I, I think at the start of the season, we're like, I don't know that we need this Fargo. Yeah. Um, I think if, he, if, if Holly does go away until he's got a really banging idea for a story in two or three years down the line, I think um, – I, I could be in the mood for more Fargo because honestly, this also felt very different. Like even though it's so cookie cutter in the beginning, where the story it went and its global scope, mm-hmm. um, I think is very unFargo like. Yeah, I agree. So it was it was a it was it was the most unique of the stories that they've told us. And if he can continue taking these basic characters and spinning them in these different directions, um, do you want to see Wrench again? Uh I mean, if there's something interesting for Wrench to do, I thought the way they brought him back this time really worked. Um, you know, it was just sort of out of the blue, and it was very coincidental. But I think once you get past that that initial moment of shock and, and, if and you, he starts helping Nikki, it really worked for and, me. And if you open your mind to the idea that maybe a higher power is directing these things, then uh-huh. it's like, okay, that's fine. I mean, he's, and, gonna, he's the R2-D2 of this series, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Um, I do think... The one thing that's cool is that we know up until the year 2016 that Wrench is alive and well in this universe. Right. So yeah. even if they go back to 20, 2007 or 2010 or what, like Wrench is going to be alive throughout all these these mm-hmm. uh, time periods. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's kind of what I'm well, wanting to talk about for next week. But, yeah, Fargo at BaldMove.com will have a wrap-up episode for you guys to argue with our takes from this. And just, you know, if, if people really like this season, I'd like to hear from me because I don't have a lot of that. Uh, Barry C., uh, talking about our last podcast from the U.K., I thought this was fascinating. You spoke in the last podcast about whether poker and bridge players would develop the strategic chops to take down a criminal empire. I actually work in a poker gambling industry and can make the case for yes. Hmm. Uh, I actually had two other people email with a similar stuff. They didn't have the personal subject matter expertise of Barry here. I've written two best-selling poker strategy books, and I'm the editor of the world's largest poker strategy website called, unsurprisingly, PokerStrategy.com. Oh, stealth ad. Yeah, no kidding. And I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, his book uh, – can... 
on Amazon okay. is Mental Game, Poker Strategies, and Confidence, if you want to check that out. And I had no idea this about Barry C. He's a deep old file. And Barry C? Okay. Barry C. from the UK. I, I was going to say, is this Barry Greenstein? <laughs> like I, I've seen him on the World Poker it's, Tour. It's not Barry G. It's Barry C. Okay. Uh, first of all, fundamental skill in poker and bridge is game theory, the study of how and why people make decisions, which has not only been applied to games, but also politics, and most famously, the mutually assured destruction theory, which governs nuclear armament today. Hmm. Poker players have used their knowledge of game theory in high-stress situations. For example, the iconic world champion uh, Doyle Brunson sure. used his quick thinking to fake a heart attack when he was being no, robbed. No, no, he held, he held his cards in his hat. That's how he won. <laughs> being robbed? Yeah. No, I think he was con- a card thrower. He got, confused, he got him with the cards. Using two different things. <laughs> no. uh, 2004's world champion Greg Rainier, who did something similar when yeah. he was about to get killed by robbers. Yeah, um, shit, I remember that story. Secondly, poker and bridge require general intelligence to do well at them, which is the ability to think reflexively across a number of domains. This comes into sharp focus this year in the poker and tech industry as, for the first time, an AI has beaten some of the best poker players in the world, some 20 years after it did the same in chess, which tech experts are now suggesting is a watershed moment and not in a good way for AI. Uh, and he wrote an article about that in Poker Strategy, which I will PokerStrategy.com, which I will link in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Because I thought this was fucking huh. fascinating. Yeah, I'm interested in what he means by not in a good way. Um, I think it's more like fuck. It's kind of the way I like to talk, where artificial intelligence has the ability to make our lives completely pleasant, and also has the capability okay. of eating our fucking lunch and taking over. Gotcha. Uh, I've worked in the card game industry for over a decade, and I've met a lot of bona fide geniuses and plenty of, and also plenty of Eugenes from The Walking Dead. But generally, <laughs> I'd say a good card player would make a good tactical mind like Nikki and Fargo. I thought that was pretty interesting because I never would have okay. thought. But yeah, once you make the game theory association, that seems like I've been listening to a lot of podcasts with like diplomats and top negotiators uh, yeah. lately, um, and they always refer to like game theory and its importance, and to mm-hmm. you know trying to figure out what the other person wants, and and uh, it seems like it's, it's applicable to everything that involves human action and intelligence, which is damn near everything. Um, so thanks for that, Barry. I like that uh, feedback a lot. All right, on to this week. Brent J., I find myself thrilled yet disappointed with tonight's finale. The ultimate outcome for Emmett felt cheap and forced. Honestly, what the hell took Range five years to catch up to his mark? It seemed like this all wrapped up a little too neatly, even with Varga fading to black, which was thematically cool as hell. If not for finale, this could have been the strongest season yet, but the loose ends, the inspired asides, bowling alley, self-terminating machine, etc., went nowhere. I'll definitely be back if there's another go-around, but season one still ranks at the top. Um, I mean... The self-terminating machine, you could argue, went nowhere. But I felt like, again, the stuff the, the the L.A. episode introduced the Wandering Jew character, which I think was instrumental for understanding this finale episode. So therefore, I think it's it's worthwhile. Um, the bowling alley, I think that didn't go nowhere. That was another linchpin. Like if you don't get what was going on in the bowling alley, then how the hell do you interpret the last three episodes? Yeah, so I mean, as I read this, she's on a, a mission from God, essentially. Yeah, um, to Blues Brother style. To, yeah, to destroy evil. Um, what does it say that she doesn't accomplish her goal? Is it to say neither good nor God can prevail? Well, so there's a couple ways to interpret that. Um, 
one, she did accomplish her mission because she bo- she formed this intense bond with this other criminal who's kind of on a reformed trajectory who accomplished the divine mission for her. But on the wrong person. <laughs> like, Emmett's not to blame for this, ultimately. So I saw another take, which I need. I feel like I need to see this episode again, that asserted that killing Stussy is one of the things that brought Varga down. That that murder that he was connected with was like part of a bolo that allowed them to find that this that find him on the passenger manifest from the the and I that feels that like it could be right. Five years earlier, so you're saying you got no, a no, list. no. Wrench kills kills Varga contemporaneously with him being brought into the DHS. That was after the five year flash forward. So Wrench kills. Oh, Wrench okay. Kills I, I thought you meant the Nikki stuff. That when, no. when Nikki goes to try and kill him, that those no the, those two murders no were like that wrench killing Emmett is somehow connected with Varga being brought in for questioning. Gotcha. I don't know that's true. I saw it was asserted, and I didn't have time to re rewatch the entire fucking episode before I recorded this. Hmm. But it wouldn't surprise me. May, I, I will definitely do that before we come back with the uh, the the, the wrap up. But if that's true, if they somehow hint to that in the show, I my esteem for the finale uh, increases all the more because that would make I guess n- accomplishing Nikki's personal mission, which I don't think is connected with her divine mandate, actually work out to where it did the thing that the wandering Jew and therefore God wanted to happen. Right. And and Wrench would have been her, it, you know, her helper. Yeah. That. And and also, like, the other thing that I, I feel like I've appreciated about Fargo uh, now that I didn't last year is that some things can be simultaneously true and not true. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Yuri can be the 300-year-old Cossack, the man who strangled a woman in East Germany, and the young man we see in this fire. He can be all those people. Mm-hmm. Or none of them. Well, I think he's at least one of okay. them. Okay. <laughs> you got me there. But, like, 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 both of those things, like, you can kind of, and, and you can kind of look through Fargo through both ends of the, the microscope yeah. and see that, oh, he's a supernatural force. He's all connected. But you can also see him as, like, he's just a, he's just a man with some kind of, like, thematic or spiritual connection. Yeah, he's a stand-in for all those other atrocities, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Just like, you know, Sugar, uh, Sugar, um, What's his name? Anton Sugar? Ross. Sugar Ross. Yeah. No, Anton Sugar from uh, No Country for Old Men. Like, yeah. you can see him as a supernatural evil force, mm-hmm. or you can see them as just a dude. Yeah. Um, also, the other thing, I guess, if I'm being honest about the finale, is I like the connection of Gloria's character to um, a Tommy Lee Jones character from Olden. Like, because I felt like his speech to his wife at the end of the movie and her speech to her son mirrors each other a lot like this you know hey this world just doesn't make sense to me anymore yeah i need to get out of the game yeah. um anyway uh matt from philly i watched this episode on wednesday tonight or wednesday night and it felt pretty let down the episode started off strong with the nikki wrench storage facility shoot up but as the episode went on it became apparent there wasn't enough time to wrap up everything in a satisfying way nikki shooting a police officer and getting killed was very anticlimactic way for her to go down after being so badass not to mention Emmett's broken phone being evidence at the crime scene and him being able to magically restart his car. I don't know about the magic car, but you're right about that phone. Yeah. And also, the cop had his driver's license, yeah? I, I wasn't sure. I meant to look and see if he gave back yeah, his license and registration. There was a lot I of people know. debating on the forum about like when things faded to black and maybe Emmett could have gathered that stuff or... 
you know, or maybe gotten down the road and then like, but that stuff, it certainly didn't happen on screen. So yeah, I, I'm not going to say they're plot holes, but if you're looking for a scalp to put on your belt, it's certainly a, a, a plot hole. Yep. Um, having Emmett get killed off five years later, um, I wish they'd let him be because he was one of the only characters that I felt like rooting for. Give us the VM Varga death conviction that we all wanted. Instead, I hated the vaguely cutesy, you get to decide what happens next ending. <laughs> Mo Dammit couldn't even sneak in to be shown up by Gloria or by uh, here, I Okay. Yes, it is. It is totally a you get to decide what happens next, but in the best way possible in my mind because this is a question of the future, right? And are you going to go with the facts or are you going to go with the story? And yeah, I, and I we're think in the they, middle of this future, living this future, and we all get to make this choice of what kind exactly of society, the point. and not yeah. just Americans, Europeans, Africans, Asians. We all get to decide Everyone. whether yeah. we're going to be go- we're going to just let kleptocracies take control. Are we going to be Burgles or Vargas? And right. I, I think there's no other way to end that scene. Yes, you can't have people come in. You can't do anything but leave it ambiguous because it's the future, right? And the, no one knows, <laughs> you know. Despite Varga insisting that the Russians have a saying that the future, only the future is certain, no one knows what the future is. And we can make it whatever we want. And therefore, you have to leave that ambiguous. It would be, I mean, if he left it not ambiguous, then it would it would be aspirational. Like like or he gets away and that's pessimistic or he gets convicted. And and, but either way, I, I feel like. There's a certain complacency with both of those endings. Right. Like either fatalistic, well, there's nothing you can do, right? Or like, oh, well, you can just sit back and the process will take care of itself. Right. I mean, this is asking you to make up your own mind to do something about it. Right. And unless you think that the world as it's presently constructed is hunky dory, right. then I think we all kind of need to get off our asses and look at those things we can do to take better care of each other and to get more involved in the society that we're uh, a part of. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, continues, the supernatural element of last season was way worse, in my opinion, but the last episode afterward had a satisfying ending for me. I'm not sure if I would come back for another season after this if they had made, if they make one. Hmm. Um, I mean, I agree with that. Like, I thought the UFO was a big misstep, but I liked the way the story ended up enough that, I mean, if the UFO was the finale episode, we might not have had a season three bald move podcast. Yeah. Because we were pretty worked up about it. Um, but I kind of think... I don't know. It's so weird because I feel like Fargo kind of redeemed itself for me this season, but it's pissed off so many other people. Mm-hmm. What the hell? What what, 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 does that, goes, man. what does that mean, Jim? What does it mean? I, it means you're a contrarian, I guess. I don't. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> I don't that. I, I I I don't like being on the different <laughs> the, the the different pers- perspective from everybody I know. I feel like I'm you with know? you there, though. So I I don't know. I I thought for sure that you were going to hate it. And then, like, that, you could explain more of this to me. But the fact that you (laughs) like it, too, kind of blows my mind. But I I kind of – do you think that the set of people that like The Leftovers would also Mm -hmm. like Fargo? I don't know. They're very different things. Yeah. I mean, despite having a similar actress in a similar situation. Right. I think they're very different things. Yeah. Or the same actress, not even a similar actress. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Coons alter her evil twin. Yeah. Mary Coon. <laughs> Maurice from Leipzig, Germany, I think oh, is wow. how you pronounce it. Uh, I, I am distantly re- German. I should be able to trip that off my tongue, but I can't. Uh, there is obviously and sadly several major problems and letdowns with this finale, but maybe you would like to address some um, of the main ones for your episode 10 podcast. 
Uh, and she wants us, or maybe he, wants us to break down the highway scene. Uh, Emmett's car breaking down, conveniently working again when he needs to flee the scene. We mm-hmm. we talked about that. Like, it could either be, she says, or they say it's a possibility of being the cars manipulated by Swango uh, or repaired by Emmett off screen. So, I mean, this is, I feel like we're being a little bit apologist for oh, no Holly on, on this scene. Because yeah. it's not on screen. It Whatever isn't. happened is not told to us. So, in as much as you need to know about that, I guess you're going to dislike that scene. Like, all we needed was for her to have remote control with an antenna that as she steps out of the car, she collapses and throws. I mean, that would have been enough to be like, oh, I see what she did there. Yeah. Or have him look under the hood. Oh, it's the radiator. He goes to his trunk, gets a bottle, pours it in. Or it, or see some kind of ludicrous that's it. Uh, Radio Shack kit attached to his <laughs> right. you know fuel injector. Like, he's got uh, blinky lights and shit on it. Any of those things would have would have worked, but you're yeah. right. There, it's not there. It's not there. You have to be your suspension of disbelief has to be intact. Arriving the scene, or you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Uh, Emmett's leaving his driver's license and smash phone behind. I mean, again, you could mm-hmm. wave it away as saying it's off screen click, but I cannot bridge that gap for you because that is a gap that exists. Swingo killing a state trooper doesn't seem like her. I don't know that you can say that because we don't know what her past is, right? We don't know why she was in jail. Yeah. We do know that she casually suggested murdering a fellow parolee mm-hmm. uh, when it was between her and Ray, and she was really, really invested in seeing through this mission. And she has murdered before. Yes, murder is not a foreign thing for her. Yes, yes. By the time she gets to this season she, or this scene, she's killed a whole bunch of people. I, yeah. I agree. I don't like it. It made me like Nikki less, but I don't know that it's a. It's 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 in a vacuum a, b- a bad character choice. Yeah. Um, why an open road kill in the first place seems a complicated spot uh, for the plot to unravel. Uh, then a very forced okay then by Gloria. I man no. I loved the uh, time lapse of her at the crime scene, just like what the fuck is going on, mm-hmm. and then wrapping up the okay then. I mean, maybe it's because I watched this 30-minute video of, like, how to speak Minnesota, and, like, they, they said the okay then is kind of like a, a, a very fuck you. <laughs> like like a way to call just, like, fucking bullshit. That's that's the most a Minnesotan will ever call bullshit on somebody. Uh, uh, and I felt like, armed with that knowledge, her saying okay then spoke a lot, spoke volumes. <laughs> um, then bonus question, is that the real state trooper uniform for that part of the United States? It's pretty spiffy. I agree. I, it's so. It looks like they took a regular like sheriff's brown uniform and bleached it. Yeah. Because it's got this really weird ultraviolet purplish brown. But I did look it up, and yes, huh. that is like you. You see, there's a cup. There's a there's there's sheriffs and state troopers, and both of those uh, uniforms are pretty screen accurate. If you Google okay. Minnesota state trooper uniform, you will see lots of dudes and lots of women and those really weird purplish brown uniforms. Hmm. And they look really weird in direct sunlight. They look really purple. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool looking. I mean, it's different. Yeah, it's different. That's that's really why I liked it. Yeah, it's like not the no, blue boys in blue, blue yeah. uh, or the brown, the the sheriffs in brown. Joe M from Philly. Noah Hawley, as inspired by the movie Fargo, has had many women in strong roles in the series. The most obvious being Molly Salverson and Nora. Oh, sorry, Gloria Burgle. Don't worry, Joe. I do it myself. Uh, one thing that always bugged me about season one was when Colin Hanks' character Gus was the one that shot Malvo and got the commendation. Mm-hmm. It didn't make sense that after all the work that Molly did that Gus, who was shown incompetence at times and fear at others, was the hero. 
But although it bugged me, I knew it wasn't intentional, or I knew it was intentional in trying to make the point, but I didn't know what it was until now. Molly was constantly fighting the ineptness of her male superior chief, and Gloria has been doing the same. This, to me, is a clear commentary on the problems women have in corporate America to this day. In Mm -hmm. meetings, they tend to be ignored, and if they raise their voice like a man, they are seen as bitchy or too aggressive. Their opinions are brushed aside by gruff, mo, or incompetent Bob Odenkirk, male superiors that they feel at times that they are invisible. This is why nothing recognized Gloria's existence, soap dispensers, automatic doors, etc. It wasn't until another woman recognized her worth that everything started clicking. Winnie Hmm. recognizes her value in the bar, and we see the turn. The water starts working. She finally starts to get the break, uh, get breaks in her case. Nikki knows that Gloria will be get to the bottom of the murders and fraud, and she is the one who sends the info to the IRS agent and puts them in contact with Gloria. In an ambiguous end, Vargas says, "You will know your place in the world," and Gloria does indeed know. We see that smirk and confidence in Gloria's face. Game over, Varga. Hmm. Another, another, okay, uh, another supporter of the Gloria Victorious chorus. Yeah, I do like that take because it was. You know, a little confusing when suddenly she gets the hug and it starts working. Everything starts working for her yeah. again. So, you know, that's as good a take as any, I think. Yeah, I like the Schrodinger cat theory, but also this is a, yeah. a damn fine bit of social analysis as well. Uh, Charity S. Uh, I can't help but ask why did Nikki and Rinch split after getting the money? Clearly, they both need a partner. He's at his best when he has someone to love, and Bridge isn't a solo game, regardless of the so-called dummy hand. Wrench seems to have a fondness for Nikki to me, and he's the one that finishes off Emmett in the end, so I'm sure he would have been down to continue the mission as part of his redemption arc at the time. And I don't mean to be petty, but it seemed like it was a strategic failure to split, which felt like a slight betrayal of the character to me. Okay. I like the finale, but I can't help but agree. I don't understand yeah. why once they killed off everyone but Varga and Emmett, they decided at that time to split. Now... You might be right that their original deal is stick with me, we'll extort this guy, and we'll split the money. And that's how she got Wrench involved. But I don't know. I thought Wrench was down for the vengeance mission himself. Yeah, it seemed like it. I'm I'm not sure on that. That's probably a hanging thread for me. I mean, if you think about it, he never got revenge on the person that killed his partner. Right. So, like, I feel like he would he would understand more than most people what Nikki was going through mm-hmm. to have this like you know impotent rage that someone took someone that you loved and cared about and you don't even get to to to, to put that to rights yeah. uh, on your own terms so I yeah I I don't under I felt like that I was supposed to understand that they had this deal and Nikki was honoring her end of it and she wanted to do this by herself but I it doesn't it didn't seem smart and also, I felt sad for Wrench because I, I agree. I felt like that his portrayal, uh, as limited as it is, was in that scene where she was saying goodbye. Like, he was like, I don't want you to go. <laughs> uh-huh. But what what are you going to do? And yeah. also like the fact that uh, there wasn't a hint of any kind of romantic. No. It was just purely partner, professional, death-dealing assassin. Yep. And that's that's cool. Uh, that's all... That's all the Fargo we got for this week. We'll be back, which which I you know I don't know unless people have a lot to say. It might be a short. Uh, I do have a bunch of articles that I've got flagged to read because there was yeah, just me too. more takes about this last episode you can shake a stick at. I already appreciate it a lot, so I imagine that I'll have maybe a little bit more to help explain because that's the thing. Like um, When I didn't like the second season of Fargo, I actually looked 
for takes that would change my mind on it because I don't I I didn't set up to hate it. So if you feel the same way, maybe you can come back next week and maybe we'll have something to change your mind. Uh, I don't know, uh, but either way, if you want to argue with us or if you want to, if you're the silent minority slash majority that liked this this season and liked this uh, episode, send in those takes to Fargo at baldmove.com, or you can go talk uh, with your fellow fans on the forums, forums.baldmove.com. Uh, as always, you can follow everything that we do at baldmove at baldmove.com or on social media, facebook.com slash baldmove or on Instagram at baldmove, also Twitter at baldmove. Uh, and again, forums.baldmove.com. That's all I got. Until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Okay, then. <laughs>